You're listening to the Realized Empath Podcast, where we get real about loving and stumbling through our sensitive lives with your host and holistic counselor, Kristen Schwartz, who helps redefine what's possible for an empath who embraces a path of self-healing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Realized Empath Podcast. I am Kristen Schwartz. I'm so glad you're here. So today is a solo cast. It's me and it's you and I am going to talk about a topic that comes up a lot, um, not only in my practice, um, but when I talk to other empaths and highly sensitive people and the topic is codependency. So many empaths and highly sensitive people um, have codependent traits, not all of us. Here's what I know, that it's so prevalent amongst the sensitive souls that a lot of us come to think that codependency is just the side effect of being an empath. Almost like, oh, you're an empath or a highly sensitive person. Here you go. Here's the gift of codependency, which isn't the case, but it's prevalent enough in the people that I've talked to over the years. And I myself have struggled with it that I thought it would be a great topic for us to dive into today. So what is codependency? So codependency is an off-balance relationship pattern where one person assumes a high-cost giver, rescuer role, and the other one is more of in like a victim role. So codependency takes, like has us taking over responsibility for another's feelings and their life while denying our feelings and desires. So the word codependency has been around for a while. Years ago, you heard it more in the environment of substance abuse and those relationships between the addict and the family member or the caregiver. So you, in terms of like a highly sensitive person or an empath, what I find is pretty common is when we don't understand how to manage our inner reaction to the energy that we're picking up on, we can sometimes get in this pattern of thinking if we manage and fix other people's energy, that we can then, we'll get the payoff of feeling better ourselves. So really, we end up trying to control other people and their energy so we can feel better. And eventually, the ego is very tricky and we can convince ourselves that we're helping these people. But if we really get down to the core of it and we're really honest, we will see that the helping is really controlling. But we call it helping so we can continue to do it and we put ourselves in this rescuer role where the other person always needs our help. But the intention behind our help is to soothe their energy so we ourselves feel soothed. So discussing that point in our lives where that switch kind of happened that put us more in like this codependent uh, type pattern. So we can be in a place in our lives where we don't believe we have the power to maintain our peace. Or as a child, we may have we may have had an adult depend on us to soothe their emotion. Or maybe the chaos of family addiction had us in overdrive working to feel safe. We end up de- developing those coping strategies that hyper-focus on everyone else except ourselves. So we're managing everyone else, hoping eventually we'll manage those people enough 
that we'll get some sense of peace or calm. So really, we can think of it as a complete disconnect from what makes us happy and our feelings, that empowerment that we actually have the ability to manage our feelings and our energy and our desires. And we think that place where we want to be of peace or feeling empowered around the energy that we pick up on sits with someone else. The power has been given away to someone else. So if an empath goes years without knowing who they are or why they experience life as they do, we can end up judging ourselves off of looking at other people and noticing that they're not experiencing the same things we are. And then we think they are normal, right? And there's something wrong with us. So when we compare ourselves to non-sensitives or people who don't perceive the energy or aren't as sensitive in terms of the subtleties that we notice, then we can see ourselves as falling short in eyes, right? Eyes, our eyes that are actually programmed through society. We lose trust in ourselves. We lose trust in our ability to manage and be okay in the world. Um, We lose trust in our ability to be safe in what we feel. And we lose hope in that it's going to get better. So a lot of us at this point are so discouraged that we end up pushing ourselves. We have really no awareness of our own energy. And if we do have awareness of our energy and we feel ourselves being drained, we'll continue to push ourselves because we are we have these expectations that we should be able to handle it like everybody else. So we push ourselves, we act, we play along to our detriment, detriment to our nervous system. So in short, we begin looking for others to meet our needs because we don't believe that we can meet our own needs. However this dance looks between a highly sensitive person and codependency, at the end of the day, it's, it's a wound that's waiting for healing. So the more we step into and witness our own power, the more we step back in the awareness of our own energy and prioritize our energy over everyone else's, the more those codependent like tendencies will fall away. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between codependency and interdependency. So codependency is us looking outside of ourselves to other people to meet the needs that we could meet for ourselves, but we've lost um, that ability to think that we can or to believe in ourselves. Interdependency is that foundation of you are enough. There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly made just like everyone else is. And it's okay that other people are feeling whatever it is, anxiety, fear, sadness. We don't always have to make it our responsibility or take it on to manage someone else because we think the end result would be we would feel better and managing their energy. So codependency says, I absorb your energy. Interdependency says, I notice your energy and I let it go. So codependency says, you need to change or high vibes only or get your energy in check, right? So it's that message of your energy is affecting me, fix it. Where interdependency says, it's okay if you feel that way, 
but I'm going to maintain boundaries. I have boundaries. Codependency says I need his or her protection, where energy interdependency says I trust my inner strength. Codependency would say I'll put my energy into fixing others. I'll pour my energy into fixing others, and when I do that, I'll feel better myself. Where interdependency says, I am capable of healing, and so are they. So on my specific journey of becoming aware of codependency and the actual behaviors that I had that were rooted in codependency, and then really from the behaviors going into the thoughts and what triggered me to go into those patterns of behavior. I would say one of the most significant aha moments for me um, was when I recognized how many in my family, including myself, used this sentence. I would talk to them about that or I would tell them about that, but they're going to react this way. So I don't do it. And let me tell you why that was an aha moment for me. Because for years, I would use that and I really thought I was justified in... Now, let me premise by saying, if someone says I would tell them but they'd, and at the end of they'd, it would be, you know, punch me or physically attack me, that's something completely different. If we're talking about you're actually in real physical danger and that you could be harmed or killed, then this is something separate. This is more rooted in resentment and that idea of I'm the victim. But really, the lie I'm telling myself is, oh, they would get mad or they won't listen to me or they'll give me all these excuses to why they won't be open to my boundary. But if I'm super honest with myself, the reason why I need them to be reactive and use that as my excuse as to why I'm not setting the boundary is because it's uncomfortable setting the boundary and I don't want to be uncomfortable setting the boundary. And so when I came to that realization, I was like, oh my gosh, like how many times over my life and in my family have I heard myself and other people uh, across generations use that excuse to not have to make the uncomfortable decision or or follow through with the uncomfortable action of setting a boundary. It's basically I was willing to choose silence over my voice, but blame the other person's yet to happen or not ever going to happen reaction as to why I wasn't going to communicate. So I was focusing on the other person's energy and betraying my own. Because setting a boundary and and standing up for ourselves and using our voice is not about the other person. It's about us loving ourselves enough that we're willing to stand in our truth no matter how uncomfortable it gets for the other person. But the other person's reaction is, it's the energy behind their reaction that I was wanting to avoid, but it's self-betrayal because I'm choosing their reaction over the benefit of standing up for myself and doing what was right for me. So if we bring up a complex topic 
and the other person reacts with negativity or defensiveness, it is still our responsibility to maintain our energy. And so this includes boundaries. So let me repeat that again. When we focus on someone else's energy, right, and then we betray our own. So basically, if we bring up a complex topic or we bring up a boundary and the other person reacts with negativity or defensiveness, it's still our responsibility to maintain our energy. So the goal in sharing our feelings, the goal in staying true to ourselves is not about changing or getting through to the other person or confronting them. It's about staying true to ourselves. And if we're silencing ourselves and we're blaming someone else, it's self-betrayal. That's laced in codependency. So now you probably have those moments in your life where you have those aha moments where one specific example unlocks a bigger issue. So this one specific example unlocked my clarity around codependency within myself and within my family and how that looked and continues to look. Okay, so if codependency had a voice, like someone just pulled up a chair next to you and it's codependency, these are some things that codependency would say to you. Putting yourself first is selfish. How I feel depends on others. So let's just dive a little bit into those two. What is more selfish? You knowing what is best for you and you being a sovereign being and connected to your higher knowing, you take the responsibility to care for yourself. Is that selfish? Or another person tells you what you should do because they believe that if you do what you te- they tell you, they'll feel better. Which one's selfish? The second, how I feel depends on others. So here's another thing to be aware of and just kind of watch over the next week. Watch how codependency is modeled by our media, by our families, by our government. How I feel depends on others. So I will say this. If you would have told me 10 years ago that how I felt didn't depend on others, that I actually could reach that feeling I was reaching for without the people changing that I thought needed to change for me to feel better, I would have rolled my eyes. And it was a journey for sure. I didn't just somehow wake up and suddenly I, you know, felt empowered and I have my moments of ebb and flow. But feelings can be accessed without something like you can access joy without actually being in the world and being surrounded by something that's joyful, right? Like you can sit in meditation and I can actually access the feelings of sadness just as easily as I can access the feeling of peace or joy. So if we can do that alone in meditation, we can train ourselves to access those feelings without depending on others at all. So codependency would also say, neglecting myself is part of helping others. I recall um, in my past that 
when codependency was just, you know, at its all time high, that I would push myself past the breaking point. I would push myself. I'd get up against a wall and I'd keep going. Um, I would need to take a break. I would need to go to the bathroom. I would need to eat. I would need to rest. But I had this belief that I couldn't rest because if I did, I would fall. You know, I would, I would lose love. I would lose attention. I would lose traction in terms of what success meant. So there was this dangerous dance I was doing with neglecting myself, thinking that I was somehow going to arrive at this, oh, I'm seen and heard and accepted by the people that I'm neglecting myself for. Codependency would also say, I'm not able to set boundaries because they won't allow it. This is a tender one, you guys, and it's not something that we can just switch off. We really have to be patient with ourselves. But like that example I was telling you, if you just sit and notice, stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. The excuses that come up and the fear and the stories that your mind will tell you in terms of what you're going to lose or what's at stake if you set boundaries. Codependency also says asking for help makes me a burden. Why is that? Well, in the codependent pattern in a relationship, if you're the one that is the fixer, you're the one that's stepping over all kinds of boundaries and trying to control the situation to feel better, then we will feel like we are a burden if we have to ask for help. In fact, we will avoid asking for help. And a lot of times we'll sit back and we'll want people to help without us asking. I myself in the past said this a lot, and I have found that many people I work with feel the same way. It's that I do so much for everyone else and no one gives me the same. But here's the truth, is the amount of giving we're doing is not a healthy balance. In fact, we're inserting ourselves into people's personal affairs. We're thinking we know what's best for them. It is laced in control. The level of helping that we're doing is actually, and I don't like to use this word, but it is, it's more in, in the toxic level. So empathy without boundaries is toxic. So like our greatest strength can be turned into our greatest weakness if we don't have boundaries. So we're pushing ourselves into this place of helping and controlling, and then we think that other people should be doing the same for us. But our level of helping and controlling is, is not healthy. So codependency would also say, I really want to, but they will be upset. Codependency also says, I do everything because if I didn't, it wouldn't get done. So empaths can have codependent tendencies. 
but we're not, we don't all have codependent. So empaths can have codependent tendencies, but not all of us are codependents. So the difference is going to be that the empath can absorb the stress and emotions and different physical symptoms of others, something not all codependents are going to be able to do. It's not a curse. It's not something that goes along with being highly sensitive. But the solution and the road towards healing and the things that you can do to start to kind of separate yourself from managing others and the energy of others is going to be beneficial whether you're an empath or not. Empaths and codependents need to set boundaries and we need to start seeing other people as separate, energies as separate, and not an extension of ourselves and not, and not taking responsibility for everything that we notice and feel. It's a skill of being present, being that you're able to witness what the person's going through. You're able to witness um, even if they're some of the behaviors that they have are toxic or, or maybe um, you believe that if they just handled it this way, they would be better off. So it's perfecting, not perfecting, it's strengthening that skill to be able to be a great listener, to be a present, loyal friend without taking on someone else's problems. Trusting that there is something or someone that is watching us all, that is more powerful than you are, that if they need to step in, they will. So over the years, as I've changed my lifestyle to really, it's really centered around healing, proactively and reactively, like I heal every day proactively, and then I take those coping mechanisms out into the world. And then when I'm in a place of reaction, I can, I have that foundation to fall back on and I can choose different reactions. So when it comes to my awareness, my self-awareness around codependency, what I have found that has naturally, what I have found that is a natural process for me, one of my daily rituals for healing proactively is journaling and meditation. And I found that the more I strengthen my muscle in terms of stillness and processing and letting go, I become aware of, let's say, the pattern of codependency. Remember I told you that example earlier when that aha moment I had in terms of how myself and others in my family will use a certain phrase. So once I become aware of something in myself, then what I like to do is I like to learn as much as I can about that thing. So I noticed I had the aha moment and it was a lining rod to awareness in, in me saying, oh, hey, I might have some codependency here. So then what I like to do, and this, this is me, this may not be you, but I like to dive into that subject and learn as much as I can about it and see what resonates. I keep what works for me and I keep what lands um, for me in the season that I'm in and I let everything else go. But it's naturally, in terms of my healing journey, it opens me up to more awareness. And what that does for me is I'm able to, it's almost like this heightened sense of consciousness around that subject. So once I'm aware that that pattern's there, 
I start to really notice things that I had never noticed before. Behaviors, thoughts, um, stories that my mind tells me. And then I also started to see, okay, so this this is here, this is present. So what other relationships is it in? Um, it's Is it in my marriage? Is it in my relationship with my kids? What am I passing on? And how can I break this cycle um, for generations moving forward? So you may find that you come into deeper self-awareness around these patterns in yourself a different way. I just know that for me, what I found on my healing journey is that's a natural process for me moving forward is diving into the subject. Not that I am reading books and taking other people's opinions and information as, you know, my truth, but I do read things and dive in and, you know, certain things resonate in that moment. And I'm like, oh, and and then it cracks open deeper awareness for me. Like through journaling or even if you you realize, yeah, okay, I have some codependent patterns, where do I go from here? Just like start out with self-awareness, give yourself some grace and space to grow, and you can set an intention to just be aware and heal your codependency that your goal or your intention is to have healthy inter- interdependence in your relationships that you know, that you're, you want to stop obsessing about others. And instead of focusing so much on everyone else's energy, you want to bring back your awareness and focus on your own energy and your own self-care. You want to be able to give when it's necessary, but at the same time, maintain your healthy boundaries. So if you're like me and you like to dive in and learn as much about a topic when you know, start to notice certain patterns in yourself, I will say that the book that I read, it's called Codependent No More, How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself. It's by Melody Betty. I got it on Amazon, but you can get it at all different types of bookstores. You can Maybe it's been out for a while, so you might be able to get it at your lo- local library. But this book was really eye-opening for me. So check it out if you feel called or it resonates with you or if this subject is sparking your curiosity. That is today's show, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm over on Instagram. I'm active over there. Don't forget the Realized Empath Live course starts October 16th. So if you want to jump in on this round, head on over and sign up. And you can still pre-order my book. You, it's all over the country, all over the world. So you can pre-order it now. It hits stores January 11th, The Healed Empath. Thank you guys for tuning in and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Realized Empath Podcast. Revisit past episodes or contact Kristen at realizedempath.com. Did you love this episode? Please share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, sensitive souls.